Just over 18 months ago, we kicked off an initiative called Beyond, a two-year journey of increased generosity to multiply our kingdom impact. We began asking God to do immeasurably more beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. So we locked arms together to move beyond. We knew that there were people we didn't know yet living beyond our reach. Millennials in search of purpose. High schoolers dominated by anxiety. Dads ready to throw in the towel on their families. Boys and girls trapped in poverty, slavery, and exploitation. Kids who will grow up in a version of America where going to church and following Jesus seems abnormal and foreign. So, with the belief fueled by the possibilities, we took a step of faith to move beyond. And even in the midst of the uncertainty of COVID-19, we knew it wasn't time to hold our ground, but time to take new ground. And what a journey it's been. We've had some obstacles for sure. We have seen God expand His kingdom. We've seen dozens of students commit to follow Jesus. We helped fund a leadership development program in Clarkston, Georgia, the most diverse square mile in the country. We've seen over a hundred elementary kids begin to follow Jesus. We've invested in life-saving programs with our global partners. We've put our money where our mouth is in believing that the now generation aren't just leaders for tomorrow, but the leaders of today. We started a campus in Sandy Springs that is changing a city and a generation. And through it all, God has increased our faith. We've taken new ground and seen lives changed, hearts restored, and Jesus elevated. So many at Stone Creek have chosen to believe that God will do something beyond what we could dream. And now, we have the opportunity to finish strong all that God has started. Let's continue to dream together, believe together, give together, to see God do something beyond anything that we could imagine so that the life-saving stories of transformation will continue to be written. Well, don't you love being a part of something that's bigger than you are? Amen. Like, isn't it great to know that you've locked arms with people to accomplish something beyond your current life, your current reality, your current situation? Amen. It's so good. That's one of the reasons college football is a religion in the South, right? Because we like to have a cause bigger than ourselves. But the reality is we've just been able to see God do so many things over these last 18 months that we've been able to see God do a great work, that we've been able to see God just stir up some things and kick up some things that we could never have dreamed or imagined. You know, we've been looking at this, this question over the last several weeks called that we asked ourselves, like, like what is the great work that I'm doing? Right, like, like if I examine my life and I think about my future and I think about where my direction is headed and how I'm spending my days, like, like what, what is the great work that I'm doing? Because we all want to do a great work, don't we? Man, we all want to know that we have purpose, that we have meaning, that we're spending our life in a worthy cause. That, that's why when we do something good, we always feel good about ourselves, don't we? And that's not selfish to say. Because we do feel good about ourselves. How many, how many of you guys have ever been on a mission trip? Been somewhere? What about served somewhere in your community? Like when you got, got finished with that, didn't you feel good about yourself? Didn't you think, self, you should feel good about yourself? But, and you think, I went to help somebody, but I feel like I got more out of it than they did. And the reason why is that God has placed that in your heart. 
Like deep down in your soul, God has created something for you to do. The Bible says it this way, God has put eternity into our hearts. And there's something that whispers to us, that calls us, sometimes it's haunting, to push us to want to know we're making the best use of this one life that we have. Like nobody wants to get to the end and think, well, that's a lot of regrets. We all want to know we're living up to our potential. That's why we have so many efficiency apps on our phone. Hello? Like how many of you guys have Evernote? Handful. You guys need to get Evernote. How many of you guys listen to Audible and podcasts on double speed? Anybody? Because we want to take in as much information as possible so that we can use it for the life that God has given us. And that kind of life is called a beyond kind of life. Let me hear you say beyond life, beyond life. Because that's the kind of life that we want to live. We want to live a life beyond ourselves, beyond our circumstances, beyond hopefully uh, the life that we have. Right? We want to live beyond. We want a life that exceeds expectations exceeds expectations. Have you ever experienced anything that exceeded your expectations? Can you say crumble cookie? Hello? <laughs> I got invited to a Braves game once and uh, they had tickets at the Delta Club. Sorry for the rest of you peasants that have never experienced the Delta Club. <laughs> exceeded expectations. And when you get married, it exceeds expectations. When you have children, exceeded my expectations. When I had a grandchild, exceeded my expectations. And God wants to exceed expectations in your life. Amen? Like God is stirring something in you in the middle of your complacency, in the middle of your resignation, in the middle of where you feel like this is it for you, this is all your life is going to be. You're resigned to living the life you currently have. Listen, God wants to do something beyond all that you could dare to dream, all you could ask, and all you can imagine. And the results of which you may never see until you're beyond your time here on earth. Amen? Like God wants us to live a beyond life. And the reality is people who live a beyond life make a difference. And churches that live beyond make a difference. Like churches that realize there's more to it than their attendance, their property, their budget, their building. Like they are the kind of churches that make a difference throughout eternity. And we want to be that kind of church. Heck, we are that kind of church. Amen, church. Let's go. So we're going to talk three weeks about this idea of beyond and where we've been. You know, we launched it, as the video said, uh, 18 months ago. And we're going to take the next three weeks to talk a little bit about where we are and where we're going. If you're new here, you have picked a great season to be with us. You're going to be able to hear about who we are. You're going to be able to understand how we hope and believe Jesus can transform your life. And you're going to be able to understand more about the future as we, as we begin to move forward. Man, we all want to leave this world better we all want to leave this world better in our wake. And one of the ways that we do that, the primary way that we do that is to live beyond. So let's grab our Bibles. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Um, you'll see, I'm going to have it on screen. You also may, um, it's always a little startling when I look up and I'm up there on the screen. Um, but you're going to, uh, the words will come up. But also if you have a, a Bible or the Bible app, you can go to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 4. Well, excuse me, I'm going to start in verse 20. These are the two verses we've kind of hung our entire series, the entire movement, the initiative beyond on. And Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 through 21, it says this. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Like this is why I say, hey, amen goes right there. Because all you're doing when you say is, amen is like, I agree. 
Everybody say, I agree. I agree. You're just saying that's right. right? When I, so when we say amen, we're just agreeing with what's been said. Paul writes these words kind of to this high point of all this teaching that he's just gone through. Now, now what this would originally been intended to do was Paul was the guy who started this church in Ephesus, hence the word Ephesians. He also started a lot of other churches. And what Paul would do is he would write letters to those, church, those churches, letters of inspiration, letters of encouragement, sometimes letters of rebuke. Paul would write letters to these churches and someone would stand up and read the letter to the church. So that is what this was intended to do, which is exactly what I'm doing today. So Paul didn't just write this letter for churches way back then. He wrote it for churches today and throughout history. And so as I stand and read this, this is exactly what he, what he would have expected to have been done with this letter. Now, now Paul, when he comes to these two verses, he has gone through some teaching and because and, 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 you have to ask yourself the question, what does it mean to live beyond? Like, what does that even mean? And what is this power at work within us? And he has laid the foundation for that, the groundwork for that in the verses before. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up some of the verses and read them and explain them. Like, what does it mean to have this beyond kind of life, this, this powerful life that, that Paul says we can have? Now, let's look in verse four. It says, when you read this, like we just did. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So, so what we have here is that Paul is unpacking this idea of this mystery now, now, when we see the, the word mystery in, in the Bible, it's not that God has hidden something for us and he wants us to go to, on a scavenger hunt to find it. That's not the point. The point is that there's an appropriate time for it to be revealed. And in Jesus, which is the gospel, the mystery of God is revealed. The mystery of our relationship with him, of the good news that God has come to rescue us for those who are outside to become inside. This is, the, this is the mystery that Paul is unveiling. He, he, he unveils two things about it. Number one is the power of the gospel to save lives. And number two, he reveals the Gentiles. And I'm going to talk about that. So the power of the gospel. You know, we know that, that Jesus came to give us life. That he came and he lived life here. He died for our sins. Jesus was resurrected from the grave and now he lives to make intercession for us. And that through him, we have the power of God living inside of us. Like this is a, should blow our minds that God's power lives inside of us. It's the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel can change your heart. The power of the gospel can change your motivation. The power of the gospel will change your future. The power of the gospel can change your marriage. It can change your budget. It can change your parenting. This is the power of the gospel. And it says now this power is available to the Gentiles. Now, now, in the Bible, when you see Gentile, what happens is that initially, you know, Christianity was birthed out of the Jewish religion. And Gentiles were people who were not Jews. Can you say not Jews? They were not Jews. They were outside. And they were glad they were outside. Like, they, they, they wanted to keep them outside. They didn't want them to have access. Have you ever known somebody who was outside and should be outside? Like, you just want to keep them outside? Like if you were to go home today 
you go to lunch and you come home and there is some stranger sitting in your living room watching your TV and eating your food, you know what you're going to do? Call the police because they're supposed to be outside. We're going to keep them outside. And the Jews had spent their lives keeping non-Jews outside. They had no access. But what Paul is saying is that people who are outside need to get inside. That there is a group of people, meaning everybody who's outside, needs to get inside. Now, when you know someone needs to get inside, what do you do? You help them out. You help them get inside. You hold the elevator door for them. Like you let them in the car and you double buckle because you don't have enough seats. And you don't have enough seats in your car. Like once I was at the airport and I was going on this flight and uh, I, was, I was on time, maybe a little ahead of time. That's my personality type. If you're, if you're not five minutes early, you're late. Any, any of those people in here? Some of you people in here, right? And so we, I get to the airport and I notice this mom and she's got three kids. That's funny. Three kids. She's holding a little baby, probably three months old, right? And she's got another one who's probably four, can barely walk. And then she's got a stroller. You've seen this picture before in public? It always stresses me out. Does it stress you out? Like, it stresses me out. So it, I kind of asked her, could I help her? She's like, no. I'm like, well, I've had kids, or my wife's had kids, and I was along for the ride, but like, I had kids. And she's like, no, I'm good. And so I see her going through security. It's a disaster. And she's going through, throwing the stroller up. You know the drill if you've ever done this. And so and she tells me, like, what flight she's getting on. And I look at my watch. I'm like, there is no way. No way. She's, she's got like 15 minutes to go from getting ticketed all the way through security, getting on the train the whole nine, right? She is not going to make it. And we're on the same flight. And I know I'm good to go. So I, I go on, I go to get on the train and I notice she's struggling behind. So I kind of hold the door, I let her get on the train. And then when they call for boarding, I go ahead and board because uh, I'm important like that. I go first, but no, <laughs> jokes. Um, but I, I happen to board before her. And so I kind of board and then I notice she's not getting on and they're about to close the doors to the flight. And so I got, kind of go up to the door before they close it. And I'm talking to the flight attendant. I'm like, hey, I know there's this mom coming. She's got three kids. And they start moving the gateway open before the door is closed. I'm like, I feel like that violated some OSHA principles or something right there. And then I see her coming. And so, again, there's a gap of about four. But I know she needs to be inside. So what do I do? I reach over and let her hand me her children so that they can get on the plane. That didn't really happen. That'd be very scary, wouldn't it? Like none of that story happened, but you get the point. Man, when there are people outside, <laughs> and they need to get inside, you need to reach over and bring them inside. It's the story of the gospel. It's your story. For those of you who follow Jesus, you were outside. And guess what? Now you're inside. And you have hope and you have a future. Hey, there are people that can't sing the songs that we sing. There are people who can't experience the love that we experience. There are people who don't have the hope that we have. There are people who don't know freedom like we do. There are people who live under the weight and the burden of anxiety and shame and don't know where to take it. And we know how to let them inside. We know the story. Like, I love what Paul writes in verse 8 as he continues on, excuse me, in verse 7. Paul says this, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. I've never really particularly liked the word minister because it just feels so bland and passive. 
But the word for minister actually means movement, moving. It means pursuing. The image that we get when it comes to this word minister is actually a root word that means to kick up dust. That you're moving so fast that you kick up dust. And this is the call on our lives. Like it reminds me of watching a John Wayne movie uh, when I was younger and I can remember that they were facing the enemy and they didn't know what to do. They had nowhere to turn and they looked over the hill and they saw a cloud of dust coming and they knew it was the cavalry coming to help them, to save them, to rescue them. And this is the image that we have is that, that we are people that need to be kicking up dust. Hey, Stone Creek, you've kicked up a lot of dust in the last 18 months and you've done so well, but we got more to do. There's more people who are outside that need to get inside. And listen, a beyond life, man, it pursues people outside to get them inside. That's what a beyond life does. It pursues people outside to get them inside. Now, now watch, watch how this kind of fleshes itself out in verse 8. Again, Paul's writing this. Paul says this, to me, though I'm the very least of all the saints, in other words, I, am the, uh, I was the only available Christian God could find. That's exactly what Paul is communicating here. Says, I'm the least of all the saints. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And again, to preach to those who are outside the unsearchable riches of Christ. To bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church, did you catch this? Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to rulers, authorities, and the heavenly places. Hey, let's just look at those three words, through the church. The manifold wisdom of God is made known to the world, through the church. The God who has created all things, the God who has to bend down to touch the top of Mount Everest, the God who can hold the oceans in the palm of his hand, the God who is, is so beyond us yet reaches down to us so that we can know him. This is the manifold wisdom of God and it's the church's role to take the message forward. Uh, he, didn't leave that, he didn't leave that mission with anybody else. He left it with the church. And the church is people like me and people like you locking arms together to move in the power of God so that people can experience the presence of God. And so as we move forward, we are the church. If, if God empowered the church to make himself known, if that was the only way that people are gonna understand the power of God, understand the path of salvation, understand how good God is and how much he loves them. Like how important is the church? It's preeminently important. And Paul says that through the church, this is how the wisdom of God is actually made known. What I love about this is that even through the imperfections of the church, God still works. I think that's actually how you see God's power is because of the imperfections of the church. You know, I've heard, I've heard people talk about, hey, we're just looking for the perfect church. I'm like, if you go, it won't be perfect anymore. You know why? Because you're there. It's true for me. It's true for everybody in the room. Amen right there. If you don't say amen, then you think you're perfect. Um, come here, let me pray for you. Uh, but we know that God takes people from different backgrounds, different, different ethnicities, diff, different social makeups, different experiences, different uh, you know, IQ levels, right? Different cultures. God takes them and somehow the church hasn't just stood this test of time, but has marched forward and taken new ground. Like there, that can be nothing but the power of God in our lives. And this is the power of the church. 
And so as we look at kind of what it means for a church to live beyond, you know, it really probably started for us late 2017 when we just got together and we really believed together that God was doing a new work, that God was doing something special, that God wanted to do something new. And so we launched into a new day in 2018, January of 2018. How many of you guys were here in January of 2018? Like a handful, right? Just a handful. We had a lot of new people since then. And what we did then was we just rallied around this statement, elevate the name of Jesus. That's why it's in really big letters in the lobby. Because we knew that he is the, has the power to transform life, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. We knew that at the end of time, what we're going to do is focus our attention and worship on the worth of Jesus himself. And so we began to rally around that. And we began to flesh it out on this idea of beyond that we knew that God wanted us to go beyond where we currently were, that this was the vision that he had for us. And we launched into this two-year journey for us to experience what beyond would look like. You know, um, as, as we, beyond is a two-year journey of increased generosity in order to multiply kingdom impact. That's what we've been doing. And we launched it back during the pandemic. Do you guys remember when that started? Like, I, I started thinking about it and reminding myself of all the things I've forgotten. I can remember getting on an elevator with somebody. I'm like, I'll wait. You go by yourself because I didn't want them to breathe on me. Like how many of you guys wiped off your Amazon boxes when they came in for a season? Like some people did. Yeah, we wiped them off, you know. And then lo and behold, there's three things you couldn't get, right? Hand sanitizer, toilet paper, and chicken for, of all things. There were all these things that happened, but we really, and as we launched into it, the pandemic happened. And we really believed that God wanted us to keep marching forward. I mean, that God wanted us to take new ground. I mean, that God was going to do something special. God was going to do something beyond anything we could ever ask or ever dream of or ever imagine. And man, has he done that. So we just went ahead and launched beyond in uh, last April, April of 2020, a month we will never forget. After a lot of prayer and a lot of uh, talking and a lot of just getting wise counsel, we just moved forward. And so we launched it. Now, beyond is focused around four different buckets. We have four different buckets. The first one was what we call Beyond Church. It's what we call Beyond Church. That we wanted to take our current ministry budget and just elevate that. You see, we're not giving to expand the vision and current vision. It's all the same vision. So we launched around Beyond Church. And what Beyond Church has allowed us to do is to take our current ministries and to, and to raise the level. And we need to rethink some things, as you can imagine, on how we do ministry and how we do church. And so we've made a lot of progress. We still have a ways to go, especially in the Beyond Church category. And one of the things that we've been able to do is just to see God do an incredible work in our student ministry. Hello? Like God has done something special in our student ministry. You know, I think it'll always be one of the great joys of those of us who are a little older is when we just really get to see students begin to grow and begin to mature and just begin to take worship of Jesus to the next level. I mean, these guys are always doing stuff that hasn't been programmed. They're going to start clubs in every school in the, in the city, or if they weren't, you are now, Sean. But... Um, <laughs> And so they have been, they have taken it to the next level. But what really is going to make it alive for you is a very personal story. So I've asked Sean Curry, our student pastor, to come and share with us. Let's give Sean a round of Love you, man. So Sean is our student pastor. You know him as a great leader. And you know what else happened? Last weekend, Sean got engaged to be married. Praise God. So we're excited. Praise the Lord. 
Hey, thanks, Stephen. I, I just want to come up here for just a few minutes and just say thank you to you guys. Um, beyond, if you've been a part of Stone Creek Church for any amount of time, I hope that you know and believe this by now, that beyond aren't just, isn't just words that we say. It's not just a message series, but it's become the lifeblood of our church. And, and I love in Ephesians 3 when Paul says that, that it's to, to every generation, right? He talks about every generation that the glory of God is going to be revealed. And we believe that. Like, if you've seen anything that's happened here, if you've seen the way that Stephen has led this church. We bleed that this is not this just the generation of tomorrow, but we get to serve the generation of today. And so I just want to say like thank you guys because it is the greatest honor of my life to get to sit here and watch like these students lead and these yeah. students uh, bring to life the power of the gospel and bring outsiders like you were talking yeah. about, Stephen, into the building. And I just want to share a story about that, uh, about how I got to see that happen this summer. If you don't know, we had um, our summer camp called The Escape happened this summer, and it was awesome. Yeah, you can celebrate that. It's good. Um, this summer went down, went down to Panama City Beach. We took the most amount of students we've ever taken uh, to a summer camp before, which is crazy because it's in the midst of a pandemic, but like God worked beyond what we could see and beyond, beyond what we even prayed for, beyond what we could have imagined because he wanted to do something there beyond what we could have ever expected him to do. And one thing that happened because of you guys, because of your prayers, because of your generosity, because of your faith as a church, thank you for it. Because of it, we got to have funds to be able to send students who had never even been to wake before to yeah. go to a different state for an entire weekend and experience the goodness of our God. And we had 51 students come to the retreat who had never been to wake wow. before, yeah, which is nuts. Great. I mean, that is all bringing outsiders in, right? And that's because of you guys. So thank you. And, and in that one, one of them, I, I love this story. There was this girl who came who had never been to wake before, but was invited by a friend because of the generosity that you guys gave to create a spot, create a space for her. She, and she came to the escape for the first time, anything to do with Stone Creek, anything to do with church, really. And she comes. And uh, I remember this girl because I remember I saw her get off the bus and, I, you know, I've seen all these people that I didn't recognize and it was super cool, super exciting and trying to get to know everybody. And I went up to her and talked to her for a second and I was like, okay, cool. She's kind of more in the shy side. And um, but, man, I hope that, you know, this weekend will open up something. I kind of didn't see her again for a few days. But at the end of the retreat, I noticed that she was in uh, the front of the auditorium and she had her hands lifted in worship and she wow. was praying over another student, which is just crazy because like, man, the Holy Spirit moved in this girl this weekend. But just little did I know the story was just beginning with her. When we came back next Sunday, I was out in the front and I was greeting like I do sometimes. And, and she, this car pulls up in front and she gets out of the car. And I was like, oh my gosh, cool. Like she came back to church. Like how cool is that? But not only did she come back, but she brought her entire family with her to experience who God is because she was an outsider and now she was on the inside. And then after that, a couple weeks later, this girl gets baptized. Uh, a couple weeks after that, and she is now inviting other students to come and hear it. She's asking questions about the Bible every Wednesday night. And, and this girl is not just an outsider anymore, but because of the way that you stepped in, because of your faith and your prayers and your generosity, you created space in order for a student who, who was, had a separate identity to now be redefined and re-identified in the person of Jesus. So thank you. We're so grateful awesome. for you. Thanks, y'all. Sean's a great leader and has had so much impact. And so, man, God's just done so much through that ministry. And thanks to you guys. So thank you. Beyond Church. Another bucket is what we call Beyond Now. 
beyond now, that we want to be a church that lived into the future, that lived beyond our current time, beyond this generation and for generations to come. You know, and as we went into beyond, we knew even before the pandemic, we needed to upgrade and um, just refresh our online experience that we knew that man, online is going to be a, a way that we reach people. It's going to be the new front door. It's going to be people do so much online, like banking and shopping. How many Amazon fans, users in the house? Everybody. Um, and so we knew that online needed to be a place where we had a, a presence that was quality, but also with a quality message. And so as we launched into it, you know, all of a sudden overnight, we're online. And it felt like that first Sunday, you know, our staff was right here in the first two rows. Nobody else was in the building. It felt like we were functioning with an iPhone 3 at the moment. You remember that one? And it felt like we just weren't where we needed to be. As a matter of fact, we have a before and after picture of on the left. That's obviously before. On the right is obviously right now. On the left, like, look at that beard. What was happening way back then? I don't know. Um, but you can just see the quality difference. You would also be able to hear the audio difference if we had that uh, turned up. And just this idea that people have been able to engage online so that they can understand more about who we are, so that they can come and check us out before they actually come and check us out. And so we had a great story that, and we've had multiple stories about people doing that. But over the course of, the, before the pandemic hit in the fall of 2019, there was a family that moved here from Tampa. They had lived in Tampa for 16 years. That was their network. That was their church. Like that's where they worked. And he got transferred up here rather abruptly. So they moved here in 2019, just grabbed a rental home until they could get the dust settled, until they could kind of figure out what was next for them. And before they really had met a lot of people, a lot of friends, the pandemic hits, have no opportunity to reach out, no opportunity to meet people. And so they happened to move into a neighbor's, uh, their neighbor that lived right next door attended Stone Creek. And that neighbor invited them to come online. And they began to attend online. They ended up in a group, face-to-face -face group, and then stayed online for a while because of health challenges and some vocational issues that they didn't need to, to expose themselves. But they, they became entrenched and ingrained and connected here online. And he, here is, this is what they said. This is what a blessing and a curse technology can be. No truer words have ever been said. <laughs> but during that tumultuous season in our lives, it proved to be a life raft. You see, we didn't just invest in cameras. And we invested in a pathway into somebody's heart. So we didn't feel alone. We felt a part of something beautiful that was healing for our souls. Right? And this is what Beyond is doing so for Beyond Now, we've continued to upgrade online engagement, of course. Uh, but we all also hope that people can, can be face-to-face, -face, that people can be around other people. And they need to do that at their own level of comfort. But because of your investment in them, they found, they found a life raft when they moved from a different community into this community. You know, um, Beyond Now, and then we have Beyond Here. So we have Beyond Church, Beyond Now, and Beyond Here. We just believe God wanted to start five campuses in five locations over five years. And so we had this dream of starting one in Sandy Springs, of starting one somewhere else in the metro area, the Atlanta area, somewhere. We wanted to start a Compassion Church with Compassion International, uh, hopefully one in Belgium or at least in some European bloc country that's so unchurched, and then also a guy behind bars. So we moved forward with Elevate City. Now, now as we had planned to start earlier than we did, and you can imagine the discussions we had and the weeping and gnashing of teeth that went on as we tried to figure out what's the best move. And so we went ahead and we launched Elevate City on October 4th 
of, of last year. Man, what a year it's been. As a matter of fact, a handful of these guys are in the house now, our staff team. Would you guys stand up? If you're from Elevate City, you guys. These guys are awesome. You know, it isn't always the easiest decision. You know, that we're friends. We love working together. At least I like working with y'all. Um, but uh, we love working together. But we knew that sometimes to see the kingdom go forward, we can tell stories in eternity. Amen. And so we went ahead and launched Elevate City. And so we have some stories from that. I've asked Bailey Cook to come and share some stories. Let's give it up for Bailey Cook. Now, story about Bailey. Bailey's on staff down there now. And Bailey came up through our student ministry. And then she went through our leadership development program. And then now she's on staff on one, at one of our campuses. I think she's running the show. Is that right? I mean, you do all the work. And, like so, and so, and that, again, because of your investment and our belief that the now generation just continues to multiply. And now Bailey is here to be able to tell stories and stories that she's been involved in. So Bailey, thank you. Give Absolutely. Us well, I, like Sean said, I just want to thank you guys because it's because of your generosity and your belief in a God who does go beyond that I'm even able to share these two stories. So uh, the first one, um, there's this girl named Sienna, and she um, had been looking for a church home. She was looking for a place to call home, a church family. And so she posts about it on her social media. She had a pretty large following, and so she asked, does anybody know of any churches in the area? And she got a whole lot of people responding, but most everybody was saying, we're looking for a place too. So if you find something, let us know. And um, she got a response from Pamela McClard, which some of you in the room probably know her. And yeah. she attends here at Stone Creek. And she said, hey, there's um, a church that just launched in Sandy Springs, um, Elevate City. You should go check them out. And so sure enough, Sienna comes week two of us launching. And she encounters Jesus like never before. She immediately starts getting involved and getting in groups. And um, so she goes goes back though and posts on her social media saying, hey, a lot of y'all were saying that you were looking for a church too and I've found my church home and I've found a church that believes so much in Jesus and preaches the Bible and I want to invite you guys to come be a part of a church that has changed my life. And so from that, um, this girl named Caitlin starts coming to Elevate City and Caitlin was just in a really dark, dark place. And um, when they first started coming, Sienna invited her to the ladies night that was happening here at Stone Creek back in January. And from that night forward, um, Caitlin's life was radically changed. Wow. She got in a one-on-one -on -one discipling relationship. She got baptized at Elevate City. Um, she was in an equip group. Uh, her and Sienna both are in Lauren Cheeseman's equip group. And so now C uh, Caitlin's learning what it means to read the Bible now and what it means to, to be able to pray for people and to pray out loud. And her life is just yeah. radically transformed. Yeah. Um, so just thank you guys so That's much awesome. for, um, yeah, for believing in us. And then uh, the last story is I just want to give a glimpse of what you can come in here tomorrow night. If y'all come to our one-year anniversary, we uh, filmed a video of this guy who came on our launch date and his story. I'm not even going to be able to do it justice. Y'all should just come and hear it. But he starts coming day one, and he was just deep in darkness and addiction. Um, and that's kind of where he finds himself on the edge of giving up, like losing all hope on our launch date. And he'll say that from that 
moment um, that the walls that he had been building up in his life just came crashing down. Um, so he started to come and he started to serve and get involved with Elevate City. He got in a group and he started to commit to um, getting help and getting clean. And so now he, he comes and he serves with us. He came to every single night of our 21 nights of church. Wild. And on, um, we did a 24-hour prayer and fast during our bricklayer series. And he stayed up with those guys all night and then decided that at 8 in the morning he was going to get baptized at the Marriott. That's awesome. It was so cool. And now he's been sober for almost a year. He's consistently serving, consistently giving. He's on our dream team. And his life is now changed. Three people know the power in the person of Jesus because of y'all giving and being a part of Elevate Thanks. City. So thank you guys. That's awesome. Thank you, Bailey. You know, starting a campus or starting a church is hard work. Doing it in a, pan in a pandemic is the hardest work possibly. And these guys have, man, they worked hard, tirelessly, uh, sacrificed time with their families, sacrificed time doing things uh, that may could have been a little more healthy for their lives. Um, they had 21 nights of church in a row, wild, crazy. Um, but man, God's begun to do some things down there. We'd love for you to join us down there tomorrow night as we celebrate uh, their one-year anniversary. You know, also one of the churches that we wanted to start was a Compassion Church through Compassion International. Compassion's mission is to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. And so when you start a Compassion Church, that means that there's going to be families that come there and children who are sponsored, who will that we will sponsor, and who are going to have their lives radically altered because of our generosity. It's an opportunity where you invest in kids. It's an opportunity to write letters. I actually have a letter this, this, got a letter this week from one of my kids uh, in Peru. And it's a time for you to actually breathe life into them. We'll also go down there to take mission trips. And so the, the church is about halfway built. I think we have a few images um, um, this is the church under construction because we have already been able to fund that part of this project. Um, and so in, in, in two weeks on October the 17th, it's going to be a special day. We're going to talk about this project, but also you and I, we're going to sponsor every single kid in that project. And so you don't want to miss being a part of that. You're going to be able to invest. You're going to be able to show your kids what it means to be generous. You're going to be able to see lives change simply because of your generosity. So don't miss it. Be sure that's on your calendar October the 17th. Beyond church, beyond now, beyond here, and then, of course, beyond us. And we wanted to give money away. We wanted to give 10% of all the expanded giving. We wanted to give it away to our partners. Money that would never list us in any magazine, money that wouldn't find its way here, money that's not going to impact our attendance, money that's not going to impact our bill, money that's not going to have any direct impact but would only impact eternity. You know, because we have some partners who are getting some things done on the front lines. Man, they are kicking some dust up in some areas that most people won't even go. You know, we've got Envision Atlanta where we've been able to help fund their leadership development program uh, over the last um, year because they have refugees from every major conflict around the globe. And we've been able to step in to help fund a leadership development program there for their uh, students and their now gen to be able to grow and to be equipped to do the work of the ministry. You know, also, She is Safe. Uh, she is Safe is a partner of ours where they go into some of the hardest areas in the world and help re get uh, rescue girls from sexual exploitation. And so we have taken trips with them. Our own Katie Anderson, who's a, who attends our church, is the director of their international missions. And they go into places like India. 
the number one place for sexual exploitation in the world, where over a billion people live in poverty, where they have entire areas of the city of 30,000 girls who were there just for that purpose. And this problem is rampant. And so we've been able to invest in that ministry. And just a quick story about some things God is doing there. You know, we, we were able to donate enough to be able to rescue and equip 540 women and girls in 40 different transformation groups. They learn life, practical life, leadership lessons, but also business skills and literacy, and they hear the gospel. And so Katie was telling us a story about Annika. Annika was a 15-year-old, was having some conflict with her mom at home. Like some things just transcend culture, amen. <laughs> having a conflict at home and was asking her mom if she could go to a transformation group to learn how to start a business, to learn to get on her feet and to kind of get out of the world she was living in. And her mom and her dad were both Muslim and they wouldn't let her go at first, but eventually they let her go. And as she was engaged in the transformation group, what happened was she began to change at home. Man, God got a hold of her life. She began to treat her parents different to the point where her, her mom was asking her if she could then also go to the transformation group. And so now just because of the work done through She is Safe, we see a family whose life is different, their future is different, their hope is different simply because of your generosity. You know, there's also another church that we help uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, there's a guy there, his, his name is Vince, only appropriate for being in Las Vegas, Vince from Vegas. And uh, Vince is doing some, some difficult work in that, in, that, uh, in that city. And as you know, especially through the pandemic and the economic downturn, Vegas has been hit just as, as hard as any area of the country. And so we were able to step in and provide um, some resources for them to use to help their people. So I've got a quick uh, thank you from Vince that I want you to see. Hey, Stone Creek, it's Vince Antonucci from Verve Church in Las Vegas. And you guys have partnered with us since our very beginning. And we have seen hundreds of people come to faith, pimps, prostitutes, atheists. And you are a part of every one of those stories through your support. Thank you. Uh, we just had 65 people take financial Peace University, which is crazy. The most we'd ever had in the past was maybe eight or 10. And the reason so many people took it is because of you, because your generosity made it possible. And man, our people really needed it. You've probably heard, but uh, the economy here in Las Vegas has been crushed by the shutdown. Uh, our people have lost income, lost jobs. They needed the financial wisdom of FPU and they got it because of you. We can't thank you enough. Thank you. We appreciate you. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. Come on. I, I call Vince. I'm like, hey, Vince, how can we help? He says, our people need some financial training. Would you sponsor 10? I said, Vince, we'll sponsor all of them. You have, you've kicked up a lot of dust this year in the last 18 months, but you know, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Man, there's stories still to be written. There's stories still to be told. There's stories that we're gonna, we'll tell around the, the banquet table of heaven about the lives that got changed, the families that got restored and renewed, the marriages that got rescued, the kids, man, that got released from anxiety and depression. Man, th those are the stories that we're gonna tell. We, we got some more dust to kick up. Four things I'm gonna ask of you today. First of all, beyond is not just about finances, even though that's a critical part of it. And that is the major emphasis of it. Number one, it's just about participation. It's just about participation, about being part of something larger than yourself, about living a beyond kind of life that exceeds expectations. First thing I would ask you uh, is if you don't serve, I would just ask you to consider to serve. Like when you serve, you're paving the way for gospel transformation, for outsiders to become insiders. That's why we do what we do.
You're paving the way. I would ask you to give. If you have given, thank you. Good job. You should feel good about yourself. You know, but maybe you found yourself in a situation where you had more than you thought this year. That when this thing kicked off, it was tense. We had to kind of be prudent. But now you realize, yeah, God's been faithful and God's blessed me. Maybe you should, maybe you should even give more, right? So I would say serve and I would say give. I would say get connected with some people in relationship. And we do that through groups. And you need to get connected with some people so that you can have the, the, the people around you to help make that difference. And then the last thing I'm going to tell you is invite people. You'll notice in two of those stories, it was somebody who goes here that invited somebody that led to some life change. Listen, you know somebody. There's some neighbors in your neighborhood that are searching for a way out, that are searching for some hope, that maybe even not even know what they're looking for. They they may not even realize how desperate their soul is for something new and fresh. And you're the avenue God's going to use, the church, to help bring the gospel into their lives. So we got some dust to kick up Stone Creek. Let's see what God's going to do beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. Let's pray together. God, we're grateful. Man, I'm just honored to be associated with this kind of people who live a beyond kind of life, Lord. And God, that we would just keep our eyes focused on eternity and the stories that will get told. God, the lives that we'll see come to know you, the students that will get equipped, Lord, the people that we'll see move from darkness to light, God that you help us just to be the kind of people that lives beyond life, that looks beyond ourselves, beyond our situation, beyond our current resources. God, knowing you will exceed our expectations, that you will fill in the gaps where they exist, God, that nothing takes you by surprise, that no obstacle gets in your way. It's only an opportunity to see you do something beyond what we could ever do. And God, you're worthy of that. You're worthy of worship. You're worthy of praise. Lord, I pray that we would be a serving kind of people. God, that we'd be a generous kind of people, God, and that we would be an inviting kind of people because we know that without you, without us, someone could live without you. We want outsiders to be insiders, God, and we know that when that happens, there's somehow you meet our needs, you step into our lives, and you fill in all the gaps. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.